0: So I'm Eva Keller and I'm the director of One Million Dubliners. And I'm Rachel Lysett and
1: I'm the producer of One Million Dubliners. Okay, great, thank you so much for talking with me today. I've had a few questions about the film. Um, so first, how did you choose the epigram, the Joycean ep- epigram, and why did you choose James Joyce for that? So um,
2: the, the the Hades chapter in Ulysses, in Joyce's <laughs> epic, um, Ulysses, uh, is based around Glasnevin Cemetery. It's based around a funeral that takes place in Glasnevin, and. Um, uh, I read the chapter several times while we were making the film, and there was there were lots of different um, aspects of it that I loved. You know, I love. I mean, there's a huge, you know, it's 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 pensive, it's light, it's dark, it's funny, it's sad, it's poignant. It's it's a lot of you know, tonally, it's 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 a lot of things that I hoped we would we would have in the film as well. And there's this repeated play onwards in in all of Joyce, but you know, throughout this chapter, the. the the play on words is around this phrase in the midst of Death, we are in life, and um, it's it's repeated throughout the chapter. And I just thought that was so right because you know in, in Glasnevin they are in the midst of death, and and yet they you know there are all these lives going on, and there you know it, there's, there's both the lives of the people who work there and the lives of the people who visit there, and everyday life is going on in a place that is associated with death. So it just it it felt right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then also, how did you cha- choose the name of the film? So um, we chose the name of the film. We, we went
2: through several different titles, um, none of which were official. There was uh, there was lists upon lists, <laughs> and, um, and and uh, but uh, one of the the big campaigns, one of the big advertising campaigns that Glasnevin uh, Cemetery had had was um, the, it was it was called One Million Dubliners, and it be, they had posters all around Dublin. That had one million Dubliners, uh, one Brandon Behan, or one million Dubliners, one Michael Collins, and one, you know, and so on around all of the the kind of significant people or some of the significant people that were buried in the cemetery. And um, so, uh, around about the time of, of Shane's funeral, Glass um, Evan brought out a special mass card um, uh, that said one million Dubliners, one Shane MacMahon." So. Um, and that, that you know that would that felt and um, very you know significant and and it, it just it, it it felt like the, the perfect title.
1: And I love how you included that Shane said that there was. If you're going to give a good tour of the cemetery, yeah. <laughs> you're smiling because you seem to know. <laughs> so you have to include something that the audience knows, something that the audience doesn't know, and something that's funny, and then something that's sad. And I think you did that beautifully in this film. Thank you very so much. It was just fantastic that you included that quote because mm-hmm. that was exactly how I think the entire audience agreed they felt about the film. Yeah. So how do you think your film speaks to the contemporary moment in Ireland and also in America?
2: Um, I I think that um, one of the really fascinating things about, you know, I think... um, uh, there is a less certainty I suppose around um, life and death and kind of the grand narratives around life and death and um, certainly in Ireland now and I think that, that um what the film shows is that everyone has their own very unique often quirky take on on life and death and on the afterlife and um, you know I think that um, it, it speaks to individual in a lot of ways, and that you know, answering the big questions—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a very personal kind of journey, you know, and um, you know, rather than something that that can be answered for you. And I, you know, the film doesn't set out to to tell anyone what to think about anything. I think you know, really, what uh, what I loved about the process of making it was, you know, all of the questions it inspired, rather than the answers, you know. And I think that that's what we've set out to invoke with it.
1: And then also, so how do you feel coming up on the centenary of Easter 1916, that's a very delicate balance of which graves to show on this and then which get more screen time, it can be easily taken into a political statement how did you navigate that, how did you work that delicate balance that you did in this film?
2: So I think that um, in a lot of ways we took our lead from the actual tour um, you know, so it, we, we we followed the kind of standard tour throughout Glasnevin And um, we we try to include. I mean, you know, I think we got we derived some solace from what Shane said, which is, you know, he joked about visiting 1.5 million graves and the impossibility of doing that. And obviously, there are, you know, there are 1.5 million graves, each with its own valid story. You know, whether it's personal, whether it's political, whether it's artistic, whether it's literary, and you know, each one of them would have been as valid as another to to focus on and so well you know we in focusing on the tour and um, you know we felt that, that that we were able to convey and um, that experience to to an audience as well you know that but in a way that the
1: film reflected the reality of, of what a visitor to glass heaven will experience so what about the Boston audience um... This is your first screening abroad, and what about coming to an international audience? What do you think is important about that? What do you think it's important for an international audience to capture? About Ireland, about Nevin, about your film and specifically? Um, well, I think there's always something a little
0: bit nerve-wracking about screening a film for the first time. Whether it's the first time ever or whether it's the first time outside of you know the comfort of your your home turf, um, but certainly you know we've had we've both had films screen here at the Irish Film Festival Boston before, and the festival has been very supportive of us. So we've some experience of Boston audiences, and certainly tonight they didn't disappoint. They were incredibly receptive. The questions and answer sessions afterwards were really engaged and smart, and you know emotionally involved and politically aware and you know it's really fantastic Um, I guess the thing for us is that um, you know there are so many different stories within Glasnevin and there's just you know it's there are a few uh, of those stories in, in this film and I think the important thing is that those stories connect with an audience and that they connect with them intellectually but also emotionally and I think that you know, you don't know how that's going to go down with an international audience because the audience perhaps has a different cultural background, maybe has you know different political knowledge of, say, a home crowd, um, and I think. I think it's fair to say that the audience here in Boston tonight had you know, a really great response to the film and they completely got it 100% and um, yeah so delighted
1: and it's great how you open up the film with the, the with the Queen's comment does the Queen still rule, du- <laughs> rule Dublin whatever she said um, and then you also have the opening on the tour bus it's the Irish flag and the American flag yeah. so I think that that was a really interesting choice and I think that that helped strike a chord with this audience it really connected the Irish film festival to an American audience I think Irish history
2: you know I mean that you've got such a large uh, Irish diaspora in America and I mean you know history plays an incredibly significant role in this film it's I mean it's not it's not exclusive it's not a historical film it's a film about the here and now but I mean you can't ignore the backdrop of of the history and also you know Glasnevin is a place for for people to trace their roots as well you know so um so we we were always hoping that it would resonate with with, with Irish America.
1: And one of, your, one of the people that you interviewed in the film also said, we have to keep it history. We can't have it as lived past. And I think that you did a really good job of not making this into, or I don't think that it was made into too much of a political statement. So, <laughs> great job. Um, one more question. Were there any graves or anything that you had to exclude that you'd like to speak for now? Oh, like,
2: there were so many. I mean, you know, I, like, I... Uh, uh, there are so many fascinating stories that we didn't, we just didn't have time to cover. That I would have loved to, to have covered. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's a Magdalen plot in Glasnevin. There was, you know, there was a story that I, I, you know, thought was incredibly emotive. Um, I, you know, I, I remember um, also the first time that I went to to Glasnevin and um, being completely. Um, overcome by the fact that Maud Gone was there you know and she got a small mention but I would have loved to have spent more time with um maybe Maud Gone or Constance Marković. you know I mean they, they got mentions but um had they had their own fan clubs I would have been absolutely <laughs> delighted to get to, you know to give them uh, much more screen time because uh, yeah I would have liked to have devoted more time to to the women of Glasshaven I think
1: yeah, that's what initially drove my question for the why Joyce because you had Maud Gone there and I yeah. was but then I know with, with Yates, that would have been a much more difficult issue. Yes. <laughs> but great choices. Thank you so much for a great film.
2: Thanks. Thank, thank you. Thank you.